Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It started with two women. And, well, today it's still two women, but not just any women. It's Laurie and Lynn. Who can turn the world on with a smile? Laurie and Lynn. Giving Northeast Pennsylvania local talk to start your weekend right. Suddenly make it all seem worthwhile. And now, celebrating their 10th year on the air on WILK News Radio. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Love is all, no need to waste it. You can never tell why don't you take it. You're gonna make it after all. Hello, everybody. Good morning. This hopefully beautiful Saturday morning. Yeah. When it is not raining. Mm -hmm. Yay! That's nice. The rain in Spain no, stays mainly on the in the plane. Is that what it is? On, on or the in? plane. Huh? On, on the, the yeah. plane. The plane. <clears throat> oh, you're so, going through all of them this yeah, morning. Yeah, no, it's all just coming to me, you know. So, so hopefully this weekend, when you're listening to it, it's a wonderful, beautiful well, weekend. It's supposed to be, so let's... Yes, because we're sick and tired of this crazy rain. Uh -huh. um, so that's good. We might actually have some summer. Yay! So what's been going on in your world? Um, well, Father's Day was... Yeah, so lots of stuff. I mean, it was... I had some... Two funerals over oh. the last week, which is just so heartbreaking one of which i have to talk about we talked about um jimmy cater's father irv cater several mm -hmm. times because he was a 101 or 100 years old on um in august of 2017 and so we went to his birthday party at his daughter's home in new hope pennsylvania and it was lovely and great and so anyway we gave him a big shout out back then and um, so, anyway, Jimmy is one of Meyer's best friends, Jimmy Cater, and he and his wife, Carol, have taken, Carol uh, Cater and Jimmy Cater, have taken such care, good care of Irv. I said to Carol, she's truly a daughter-in-law that when you think about daughter daughters-in-law, you hope that you would, your son has a woman who would take care of their their parents as though they were their own and carol did a wonderful job helping jimmy and helping irv and um irv passed away a couple days ago and his funeral was on of all days father's day Ugh. and um but it was such a wonderful tribute and what a life the man led he's just an incredible guy and just you know hearing everybody speak about him and his grandchildren and just it was just a beautiful beautiful life story of a man who was blessed to live a very healthy long uh full life and um so hats off to irv may rest in peace and have peace follow the cater family moving forward because it's as we all know it is not easy mm -hmm. so um but anyway that was one 
of a long life and my friend Frank Blasey and his sister Annette Blasey and their mom Rose buried their dad Frank Blasey Sr. Um, yesterday which was Wednesday and uh, I was at that viewing the night before and it was packed with people and the eulogy, the um, mass yesterday and it was so beautiful they did not do a eulogy because the priest made it clear that Mr. Blasey did not like eulogies and did not like people talking about him so the priest talked about him during his <laughs> homily anyway <laughs> which was a beautiful way to do a homily which i wish more priests would do when they yeah. do mm -hmm. the homilies and a funeral mass is to really incorporate the person into their speech whether they know them or not because when it's just all about religion it sort of loses i think the flavor of the mass but this yeah. guy this priest was wonderful and did a great job and monsignor siganolfi was on the uh, altar with them he's a good friend of frank uh senior and junior um through unico and um so that was a it was sad in many ways it's so hard to go back to a funeral mass right after your own parent it's um yeah, very it hard to do but you feel the pain greater than ever i think and there's just that sense of um connection with the loss of a parent so um to the blasey family we love you we wish you um, peace going forward and Mrs. Blasey they've been Mr. Blasey was 87 so these guys lived good long lives yeah. and um, Mrs. Blasey who's a sweetheart and I know you have to remember I know Annette we graduated high school together she and I met when I was eight years old because that's when I moved to the Hyde Park section of Scranton mm -hmm. and West Side and to be more exact and we went to brownies together Oh, she I went to another that. elementary. I think she went to Sumner, where we went to Marshall. Yeah. But we went to we were in Brownie Camp and Girl Scout Camp and all that stuff. So, um, long, long history with the Blasey family. And now Frank is the director of executive director of Broadway Theater and my business is contracted th through them uh, mm -hmm. as one of my companies I work with and um, so I work with Frank very closely and I love him and his family and so um, just those were things so that when you think about it two funerals in a week is is a lot um, but um, anyway it's hard to uh, just just thinking about it is very difficult but we'll keep going so then we do. for father's day what else did you do that's all i we did i other than that night tommy and i ordered a pizza from <laughs> from uh, alfredo's okay and he and i had um an, a little pizza party and because meyer went back to the caters for shiva that evening and mm -hmm. i stayed with my son well, that's um, good. Yeah, and that was Father's Day. And then the night before, though, Tommy cooked a beautiful dinner for Meyer. Uh, and we sat out on the deck, and it was nice. It was not raining at the time we were there. And he did a salmon dinner, uh, it made it for us, cooked it, and it was phenomenal. I made a strawberry cake. Um, homemade cake with fresh strawberries right in it. It's fabulous. It just was great. So we had that. And the Friday night, as you know, we were all up at Russell's mm -hmm. um, for a little 
as well as a Father's Day a weekend celebration with your Patrick and Randy Williams and Tommy and Meyer and yours truly and listened to great music, had wonderful food outside, and it was a great night, don't it you think? It was. It was a perfect night. And the music was fabulous. Yes, it was. And so many peeps were in the house. Mary mm -hmm. Jo Prino was there and uh, uh, Katie Gilmartin and uh, the, photo the photographer to the stars, Julie Jordan, and <laughs> Laura Duchesne, and who else was there? Ed Gilmartin. Mark, Ed, who? Ed Gilmartin. Ed, Eddie Gilmartin, so he's senior and junior, and Eddie's wife, both of their wives. Mm -hmm. And um, we also saw Mark DiStefano and Tom, mm -hmm. and they jumped in, and we had a little group photo, which you missed because you left oh. a tad early. And by the way, I have your card in my purse. Oh, thank you very so much. <laughs> Lynn left her, um, her American Express on the yeah. table, and and Randy kind of moved over with this. And I said, is that a card under there? And Randy said, uh, yeah, it says Lynn Evans. Do you know her? <laughs> so we, well, you know, we I was kind of rushed. I know you were mm. because Patrick A. was having a fit. Yes. Why? So. What was going on oh. again? The mosquitoes or no, something? No, his back really Oh, hurt. that's right. He said that he was... It, Those chairs yeah. really bothered his back. So he wanted to get out of there. And, yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah, Let's so go. you took off fast. And it was cold. It was getting really chilly. Yeah, it was a little um, chilly at the end. Yeah. But it was so nice. I love to be at Russell's at night um, in the summer with the lights and the music. It's just so nice. But you said you will be telling her to get some bug right. killers. Right. The only right? problem with dining El Fresco yes. is the uh, is the, the bug bugs. situation. And because Russell's is so neat, neatly and nicely situated with that, all that, those greens and shrubs and stuff mm -hmm. all on that hillside, that creates a lot of bugs and then you have the cute part of it with um the baseball fields of the kids and yep. um but i love did you notice that russell had and i love that he does it he plants his own fl uh, tomatoes and they all it, they use the tomatoes as they grow and stuff no, have you I noticed that, that. Yeah, he, there was some over near the baseball field and i don't know if they're still there i noticed them in years past i don't know if the baseballs maybe not you know come across or hit them i don't know but i noticed that there were a lot of pots of tomato plants near hmm. the kitchen so, um, because I know he uses as many fresh, he goes to the farmer's market when it's available or his own yes. stuff. And that's so important, I think, yeah. to do that. But, um, yeah, I got a, this contraption that, and I mean it's a contraption, <laughs> called Dyna, what did I tell trap. you? Dyna trap. trap, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I got a small one for my front porch and a large one for my back porch. And I so far it, it's it's a it works well so we'll it's see a QVC thing right? yeah it is yeah, and okay. I saw it and I thought let me see what happens so it supposes supposedly lures in the bugs and they they go in and then it sucks them down and you know no I don't rid know of them. I don't want and to I don't know care anymore. because I can't stand <laughs> mosquitoes and well I can't stand to sit outside and listen to one of those bug zappers that just go well yeah and you don't hear there's no noise oh, at all it's, it's a pretty looking thing okay. and it has just like a light on it that lures them the bugs in and I kind of watched it the other day like a moth to a flame it sort yes. of was and I thought ooh, baby so we'll see what happens but yeah I think that's the only problem because nothing I don't know what the heck else you could do except to screen the whole place in. I don't know. Yeah, that that's... And that's not going to happen. That's no. And so. you're still going to let bugs in when people right, get in and out. Right, going out. Of the room. Right. So, yeah. bugs, bugs, bugs. But well, um, anyway, it's good. It, it was, uh, we still had a fun night. A lot of people. We did. We had good food. And we had the leftovers 
on um, Monday night for dinner. And the, the, the tuna steak that Patrick got, there was still... That was gigantic. It was huge. There <laughs> was, was still this... half of it left, but that half was a monster portion. Well, you know what? It was as big as that filet, that pork mi mignon, mignon that yeah. Sean and Pat, um, Randy Tyler. and Tyler love, and Randy yeah. got that. That thing is uh, it's like huge. It, it's like it's it could be on the Fred Flintstone. It could be as <laughs> even though he was the beef side of things. Yeah. I mean, it's gigantic. I think he was eating dinosaur, wasn't he? Uh, no, you eat it. He ate it. Do you hear that? He yeah, ate that it. was good. He <laughs> no, he had big Go like back brontosaurus burgers and all those kinds. Well, that's what I mean. They were dinosaur, dinosaur right? Burgers. I'm sorry. Don't mind me. Yeah, the dinosaur. I'm thinking meat. of beef. That's that's yeah. Whatever. Okay. I just screwed up twice on that, didn't I? Yeah. They mm -hmm. weren't dinosaurs. They were brontosaurus burgers. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a dinosaur. <laughs> Duh. Hello, the blonde is seeping in. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was good. I know. Yeah. So, um, so Tommy's back, yeah, and he's know. living with you now. Yeah, he right? gets old news. He's he's doing all right. And then he's going back to California next no, month. Oh, he's going for a couple. Yeah, for uh, ten days. Okay. And then he'll be in uh, permanently in New York City for August first. Okay. That's yes. Good. And then I talked to number two yesterday, and yes. he, we had a nice conversation. So he's good. doing okay, and he's <clears> happy. Things are going well for him, so that's where we're at. Thank God. Well, my nephew, um, you know, just finished law school. Right. And so I said to my sister, I'd like to get him something for a graduation gift. What can I get him? And she said, well, he's had his eye on what he calls this lawyer's bag. I said, what's a lawyer's bag? Well, it's something that's made out of leather, and you can slip a laptop in it, and it's got locks on it and all kinds of things. And it's um, it's like a briefcase, only it's much softer, and it's got um, big straps on it that you can throw it over your shoulder. And he said, uh, and she said, he's just very um, self-conscious of the fact that the only thing that he really has is a backpack, which is true for most mm -hmm. kids that, that age, you know, you have a backpack. So I, she said, I don't know what he wants and, and I don't know enough about what it is that I could tell you. I said, all right, then I'm going to text him and ask him to send me some pictures from Amazon or wherever it is that he wants. So I didn't, hadn't heard from him in two weeks, so I texted him, I think, on Sunday night, and he sent back uh, one in particular that he really loved, and he said, now, Aunt Lynn, this, this might be really, really expensive, so if you don't want to do it, tell me, and it's okay. And I thought, what are we talking about, like $1,000 <laughs> or something? So he sends it to me from Amazon. It's $159. Oh, <laughs> so I sent it back and said, Done. There All right, go. so it's being delivered today as we're recording this Thursday. Uh -huh. So he, but Tim has always been so 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 very excited when he gets gifts. It's it's just that he takes it to a level of almost insanity. He just is so appreciative and so thrilled to get a gift. So I wish I could have a camera there to see it when the FedEx guy or UPS guy delivers Let's this Let's hope today. it's UPS, okay? It is UPS. Remember? Yes, I know. So I was very happy to do that. And for Father's Day, we didn't really do much of anything that day. We got phone calls from 
the the newest member of the club, uh, Mr. Tyler DiNapoli, who is now a father. Oh, so this was his first Father's Day. And he was very excited about that. And uh, they went to some place in the World Trade Center. and uh, For Din Din? Yeah, had a wonderful time. So he was very happy about it. He sent me a picture of the things that his wife bought for him, a tie and some other stuff. And so she, he said, she gets me. And I said, text, and I'm glad that she did. There you go. <laughs> Okay, well, we hope everyone had a good Father's Day, and we will be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I'm Lynn Evans. I am managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm specifically for baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Yay! Okay, so a couple things, a uh, couple, couple facts that were pretty interesting about baby boomers. Mm. Um, you would not be surprised because it kind of feeds right into your way of doing things. So, <laughs> and what? Oh, you'll Pray see. Tell with that. All right. So, as baby boomers are reaching retirement age, their influence over the American economy is still strong. They make up twenty-two point nine percent of the population of the United States. This means that the financial decisions and concerns of this generation still have an important impact on all of America's economy. Here are 15 facts about baby boomers that may shock you. Number one, boomers control 70% of America's disposable income. Ooh. That's huge. Wow. Would you ever have thought that? Yes. 70%? Absolutely. I'm going to tell you why. Because why? I thought when you said they only make up 22.9% of yeah. the population, I thought that was low. Yeah. Because I still think that that, and th you know how I think with my, the way I think about what's, which companies do well and don't based on how I observe advertising and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. They people have been saying this now for years. the 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 number of people turning sixty or sixty five every 65 every day is, is like ten thousand or right, something. Right. And 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 the the income they have, they don't want to stop working. The same mentality we talk about that influences the economy and therefore mm -hmm. spending money. So yeah, I would even I thought even I would even believe it'd be higher than that. Okay, well. But that's fabulous, 70%. Yeah, and, and the why, I think, is really interesting when you stop and think about it. Um, in part, it's because boomers who are still working are often at the top of their lifetime salaries. Yeah. So they have more money to spend. They also have had the time to accumulate wealth that they can spend. Um, and um, who, unlike Generation Xers and Millennials, who are in the midst of the most expensive years of their lives, uh -huh. raising a family or just starting their careers, respectively. Right. Number two, their spending is expected to increase by 58% over the next 20 years. Spending by individuals in the 50-plus demographic is expected to rise $4.74 yes. 
over the next 20 years, which represents a 58% increase. Uh, by comparison, the spending of Americans aged 25 to 50 is only expected to grow by 24% over the next 20 years. Considering the fact, and this is to your point, that advertisers seem to be chasing the millennial market, less likely to respond, it seems that many brands are missing out by ignoring the enormous spending power of boomers. Number three, boomers are brand loyal. And I thought about this. I agree. I am. I am too. I I never thought about it, but I realized that, you know, this is the fifth Jeep we've had. You've had how many Volvos? Uh, I think at least 10 now. Yeah. So that's one thing and the other thing i think about is the phone there's so many different phone systems verizon and every mm-hmm. i have always had at&t Me for th- probably the last whatever no, 50 see, years and i've had verizon forever yeah. i don't even ever look to change things i mean because when uh, brands it's from toothpaste to deodorants to certain foods yeah. to cer- i am yeah. brand very brand loyal yep very and that that's something that um that they should really recognize in the marketing world. And the thing is, once boomers find a brand they like, they stick to it from Levi's jeans to Mm Coca-Cola. Boomers are also loyal to Apple, which I didn't realize. The 41% of all Apple computers are purchased by boomers. Wow. 41%. And I need a new computer. And I said to my sons, both of them, I'm getting a computer and and they like get a Mac. I'm like, absolutely not. I don't know how to use it. And Tommy's like, mom, you know how to use your Apple phone? You'll be fine with it. I'm still afraid to use it. (laughs) I I, I have no interest in a Mac. Me either. But, Mm -hmm. you know. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Four, they are responsible for 80% of of all luxury travel. I love it. They want to see the world and experience new cultures, but they also want to feel pampered and on vacation when they travel. According to research, adults in the 50-plus age demographic account for 80% of all spending on luxury travel. All told, boomers spend $120 billion per year on travel. And I thought about that when I thought about when Pat and I took that river cruise. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the people who were on that that cruise clearly 80 to 90 percent of them were baby boomers and the only ones that weren't were there for honeymoons or they were given it as a gift and that's it but i guess that's true 80 percent number five they buy more new cars than other generations historically the age of most car buyers was in the 35 to 44 age range that was because people in that age group were just hitting their peak income levels and were often buying new cars for the first time. However, the peak age of car buyers has now shifted to the 55-64 age demographic. This is in part because boomers have more disposable income to spend on vehicles than Gen Xers or older millennials. But it's also because boomers are generally more interested in purchasing, purchasing <laughs> good quality which means they're more likely to buy cars that are brand new. I didn't realize that. But, you know, I think about it. That's part of the reason why I like to buy new cars as opposed to used cars is because, uh, you know, I do love the new technology. And if you don't buy a new car, you miss out on all that kind of stuff. So, number six, they hold 80% of all money in savings and loan associations. How much? 80 
as anyone who's seen It's a Wonderful Life knows, a savings and loan um, is an independent financial institution that's similar to a bank but specializes in helping people get residential mortgages. Boomers in particular truly love their savings and loans association associations and hold 80% of all money in these institutions. Really? I, I thought that was shocking. That's shocking to me. But that's it. And number seven, they earn 47% of all income in America. That's almost half of the yeah, income. I love it. Wow. And just to, to make a point, too, because I was just sitting here thinking, what are the ages of boomers now? And they are 73 yes. to 55. Yeah. That is the uh, 1946 to 1964. 64, right. So ages 73 Mm -hmm. to Down this to, year to yes. 55 this year right. are the are those ages baby are the boomers. baby boomers that group of people yeah and so the average annual household income for boomers is only $53,000. So how do they manage to earn so much in the aggregate? Well, part of the reason for the large portion of income they receive is the fact that boomers make up a large percentage of the highest paying jobs. Okay. For instance, 70% of law firm partners are boomers. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Well, that would be, that's I true mean, across any kind of professional right, system. Right. Yeah. Um, I love it. Okay. Love it. So, take that, millennials. Take that. Okay. <laughs> and business owners are twice as likely to be boomers than millennials. Um, and this are, is because 83% of boomer business owners okay. had the financial cushion available to start a new entrepreneurial enterprise as a lifestyle choice rather than as a financial necessity. This might uh, might be the end result of Boomer's job stability over the the pan of their careers. After spending several decades in a traditional, well-paying job, many Boomers may be starting businesses as a fund fun second act, using money they've saved as capital. Well, we're going to take a break and talk about the rest of this. Okay. We get lots more commentary could be good on this. Yes. So you're listening to Laurie and Lynn's show. We'll be right back. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Welcome back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the uh, managing director of a company called, what's it called? <laughs> Women of Substance LLC. And um, it's a financial planning firm specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. That's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I'm uh, going to give a big shout out to, I forgot to Bob's Bager. Bob is with um, Fox TV and he's a, a great guy. And um, Meyer saw him at Jimmy Cater's dad's uh, shiva the other day and said he listens to us. So big shout oh, out. Okay. Did you know Bob? No. Okay, he's a real good guy. So hi, Bob. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. All right, so we were talking about all of the um, 15 things you didn't know about baby boomers. And so we're now at number nine. Nearly two-thirds of boomers expect to work past 65. Two-thirds. Mm -hmm. That's a big number. 
As with every other phase of their lives, boomers are redefining retirement. With 65% of the generation planning to work past the conventional retirement age of 65. There are a number of reasons boomers are planning to work past their 65th birthdays. To start, life expectancy for the boomer generation is pretty darn good and much better than that of their parents' generation. An age that was considered old just a generation ago is still the prime of life for boomers. In addition, working past 65 has a practical side to it. The longer you work, the easier it is to ensure you have enough money for retirement, no matter how long that retirement may last. Since boomers generally do not have access to pensions their parents had, they need to fund their own retirement. Number 10, boomers have not saved enough for retirement. We know this. I'm not even going to go there because I hate that. (laughs) Number 11, they do not discuss finances with family. That is a very important thing. There was a taboo about you don't talk about money with your kids. And I don't understand why that is. But somebody said it it used to be considered vulgar to talk about money and many boomers have taken that to heart even when the culture has made it more acceptable to discuss finances but not discussing finances can cause problems especially when families don't have the information they need to make the best money choices number 12 boomers are due to inherit 15 trillion dollars over the next 20 years that's an enormous amount of generational wealth According to the research by Nielsen, boomers stand to inherit that over that time. But unfortunately for their Gen X and millennial children and grandchildren, boomers intend to enjoy themselves with their inheritance rather than leaving a legacy for their offspring. There's a whole movement that was going on a a little while ago about a guy who wrote a book called How to Die Broke. Die Broke, it was called, yeah. Yeah. And so... I I tell you that. That's a good one. That's your thing, huh? Okay. Well... Well, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, a lot of people are looking at that and saying the old idea of having to pass this on to your children because it was a way for them to be able to survive in life and, you know, keep going, the homestead, the whole thing. It just isn't there anymore because for most kids, they're not living at home anymore. They're living away from their parents and they've created lives for themselves and their income, college educated and then some, is such that they don't really need their parents' inheritance to survive. Mm -hmm. So I think it's fascinating that people are finally saying, maybe I want to spend that money on me. Maybe there's some things I want to do that I've never done before that I really would like to do, and it's going to cost some money. But you know what? I'm going to do it because it's mine. Yeah. And, you know, I understand the whole thing, too, about if you go into a nursing home, it's going to wipe everything out. And it could, but you know what? I'd rather spend some of it on me doing some fun things before I get to that point, I hope. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess people, it's all, you know, people look at it differently. What do you, it's, it, whatever. To each his own or her own. Well, then the next point is this could be very germane to all this. Number 13, baby boomers. It's possible that their reluctance to pass on inherited wealth to their children stems from the fact that 59% of boomers, that is huge, 59% are financially supporting their adult children Uh ages 18 to 39. So that kind of monetary support has been necessary because of the unprecedented financial pressures facing young adults coming of age after the Great Recession. Though boomer parents are generous in providing help to their adult children, 
children when they have trouble finding a job. The financial strain could be prompting boomers to decide to enjoy their wealth in retirement without worrying about leaving an inheritance. Yay! And 14, they make up over 41% of consumer spending. This is you. This is why I wanted you to know this. They make up over 41% of consumer spending. Considering the amount of disposable income under boomer control, it should not be surprising to learn that boomers are a powerful consumer group in this country. In the first quarter of 2017, Americans 55 and over accounted for 41.6% of consumer spending. Wow. I'll say thank you to Laurie Cadden for contributing <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah. They also dominate in sales in a, in a whopping 94% of consumer packaged wow. goods categories, making them a generation not to be underestimated when or it comes to with, their baby. That's right, when it comes <laughs> to their buying power. And again, as you said, however, advertisers often seem to ignore this huge consumer demographic and instead focusing on attractive new younger customers. And I see that all the time on TV. You know, the, the, the ones that come out for baby boomers are all drugs. Yeah. To take care, care of all I your ills. I was just going to say, all the drugs. Right? Um, but the stuff they they send out to younger people is to buy things like phones, uh, laptop computers, things like that. You know, but we also buy them too. Because here's the next line. Boomers spend 27 hours a week on the internet. Uh-huh. Millennials are known as the digital natives since they grew up with the internet and feel very comfortable with technology and all of its quirks. However, boomers actually know their way around a social media platform or an online retailer. Despite the stereotype that they would need to call tech support to open a new tab on their browser. According to a 2013 study from Pew Research Center, boomers spend an average of 27 hours per week on the Internet, which is two hours more than people between the ages of 16 and 34. Wow. We're no slouches when it comes to that stuff. Well, you know, the other thing I think is weird is um, I'm, I'm no... You know I'm electronically challenged. Yes. Uh, but I know how to buy something online That's and look said. for what I need and online go retailers. through it. And, and uh, I know what I need to do to do my banking and to do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. As long as I know those kind of things. I don't have to know what's it called, Excel. I don't care what Excel is. I don't have, uh, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I, it, it, I just want to know how to do basic stuff. Uh-huh. And and that's okay and you know what we are on i think and that's what i was going to say do you think a lot of the spending is the fact that it's so much easier for us to get to these things to buy whereas in years past with our parents they didn't have that availability you had to look you had to be somewhere you had to go if it was gone you couldn't get it um you couldn't see it and say oh let me check their website and see if it's like it i think it's it's so increased your ability to do things and I think um, also, too, like you just said, because you have that capacity, yeah, you will buy more. Yes, and you didn't do it before. Right. Like our parents couldn't because they didn't have it. Now, today, I was watching um, this morning the Today Show, and mm-hmm. they had the 25th anniversary of the plaza the, uh, being open mm-hmm. for them to be outside. Mm-hmm. And Katie Kirk and um, Brian Gumbel were on, and they were talking they were? about. No, no, they were not. They were on as when they, because that's when they were both oh, employed. When they did 
did it. And, and yes. they were, Kate, were they were talking about it. it was on one of the, I think Al said it was on a Budweiser or a Honda commercial mm-hmm. where Katie says, what, what? Could you tell us what does the internet mean? Oh, yes, mean? it's just a classic. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> and, remember I mean, that. think about it. Yeah. What does that little a-, a with the circle around it mean? <laughs> Katie thinks it means about. We think Elizabeth <laughs> Vargas said at. I don't know. And then she's like, Katie's like, well, I think it's like about or around or something. <laughs> And yes. when you think about it, it what, who knew it? But anyway, Nobody. didn't Al Gore invent the internet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh, yes. God. Yeah, but that anyway, was funny. It's just, it, 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 it's available, the stuff is available. Mm-hmm. It makes find. it so much I mean, easier. When you think about how many things you say you want something and you don't know where you're going to go, all you do is plug it in and somewhere, somehow it pops up. They have this, they have that. It's yep. amazing. Well, just then, think about cars. Think about how you had to go to the dealer and you had to take it for a test drive. Yeah, well, and you, you had still to go out do, and do that. Though. Well, you do, but but you've all before you got there. For most people, they've done their research online. Uh, yeah. So they already know, know what, what they the want, packages colors, are. Uh, yes. They know all that. Yes. We didn't have that option before. You used to take whatever was on the lot, uh-huh. and that was it. And uh, so your ability to really get what you want is increased by the fact that there is an internet. Yeah. And that, that's why I think it, that we spend more money because we find what we want. And in other places, you just say, well, you know, maybe I'll wait till it comes around or I'll wait till it gets on, on sale. Or, and, yeah, and they just, it, that's what no. I'm saying. I think, and, and, and there is that, I mean, our, our parents... You know, when I even I remember, like I said, we didn't discuss money at our house. We and I I still believe firmly that my children and I will always believe this have they need to not be worried about what the expenses are in my home. And they don't need to know what that is. That doesn't mean I can't say, hey, listen, like, do we need the air conditioning on? But but I'm not going to use that in reference to paying a bill. I'm just going to be practical about it. Mm -hmm. We were never in my house ever, ever, whether it was a tough month or not a tough month, we were never put in that position where we felt responsible or scared that something was going to happen. Right. I, as a single mother, I know there were probably times that maybe, um, I don't think I said anything, but I had to be a little more careful and maybe my kids could have picked up on that. But I never believed and still don't that it is not your child's responsibility while you're raising them to to know the struggles that you're going through. There's other ways of going around. I just think they take on the responsibility that they have no control and nothing to do with. Right. And I think it's scary for them. I, that I being said, teaching them about money is a whole other thing. Because I told you, the old slide of my father, the put the right hand down under the table and pass my mother the the, the money I, in cash and while they're sitting there. I know. And if they were mad at each other, he had to stretch his hand out a little further because <laughs> she was sitting closer to me. But, you know, that's really all I remember. I really don't. Yeah, I don't. I just remember we had, there were fights about money. That, you you know, see, like, I don't never why ever. Why are you going to go and get that thing? Well, we can't afford it. The only thing that my, my father got mad at my mother once because my father hated, hated, hated credit cards mm. i don't he didn't own one that he knew he did that he had <laughs> he did but he didn't know it <laughs> and he hated credit cards and he there, there was a call once to the house about Uh-oh. extend you can get extend this or you can do that and my father said what 
credit card. I don't have. And he got mad at my mother because she did that. But that yeah. was the only time. And it was it was very fleeting. But I they never there was never fights to us in, that I ever remember about money. And well, again, is, uh, you know. it wasn't to us. I mean, we never felt that we were shortchanged on anything. Yeah. But it it was between them. They would they would have these fights. My uncle Gene know. told me my father's brother, his only living brother, yes. told me that he said they were poor and they had no idea. And so many people say that because they had enough to eat and there were seven kids and no father and the, because the, he died and my grandma raising seven kids and they had food and they did everything. And he said, we thought we were the wealthiest people in town. Yeah. So it's funny. Exactly. But anyway. All right. Well, speaking of that, everyone have a good, have a good <laughs> weekend and um, we will <clears throat> see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.